Hi, you guys. Happy slash prayerful Vanderpump Rules finale night. The Vanderpump Rules second finale that we will receive this season, which is an indicator of how fucking powerful the Scannaval has been. So speaking of the Scannaval, I am in the midst of prepping for tomorrow's Andy's Girls Live, a Scannaval spritz with friend of the pod, Dylan Hafer, also known as the podcaster behind Mention It All and brains behind Betches, Bravo by Betches. <laughs> Betches, Bravo by Betches, also known as Bravo by Betches. And I'm so excited for the show. We are going to be talking about all of it when it comes to the finale that we are going to watch tonight, what this means for VPR season 11, doing a Q&A with the audience, and so much more. You can get your tickets now at the show notes for this episode. And they're 20 bucks. You could get a live stream and watch it the next day. You don't even have to watch live if you're not available. But also join us here in New York City. And I can say as someone who has been to both Bravo cons, any number of Bravo events, tapings and more, there's nothing like being in the room where it happens, also known as talking through all of this with a pump teeny or scandal seltzer spritz and being together to figure out <laughs> truly what we are about to watch tonight. So it's tomorrow again at the Green Room 42 here in New York City with live stream tickets and in-person tickets available, 20 bucks. And again, if you get your live stream tickets, you can watch the next day. So no worries if it's not time zone friendly to where you will be joining us from. But we would love to see you in person and catch up certainly during, before, during, and after the show. But all of this to say, I was planning on doing a different kind of mini version of AG because I couldn't let an episode go by, but I also felt the need to acknowledge what we're watching tonight. Then I realized, oh my God, the Vanderpump Rules uh, situation conversation is taking over everything, but also there's another finale that took place, New Jersey. So I watched it almost live, which as you guys know, if you've listened to AG before, is one of my least favorite things to do. I'm not a big fan of watching any kind of Housewives or Bravo um, episode live, although I have to say that VPR is sort of one of those shows that you really, truly, once again, must go through, typically on Instagram stories as a collective. Um, So I had that kind of thinking with New Jersey and recorded an episode with Ryan Bailey for his podcast, which is out now. You can listen to that wherever you listen to your favorite pods. Uh, So bad it's good with Ryan Bailey. And we were talking quite a bit about all things VPR. And then as soon as we finished recording, I was like, let me hop over to Franklin Lakes. And I watched the finale and there were moments that gave me genuine pause. This not reveal, non-reveal that in fact Melissa had known for the past however six months or so that there had been rumors that she had cheated on Joe making out with someone in a car, although according to Louie it was more. And that certainly colored quite a bit. Um, I thought that this whole weird situation around the pizza oven 
which they got into more on episodes of the after show, which you can watch on Bravo's YouTube. Uh, But I thought the pizza oven was kind of more of a big deal in really opening Joe and Melissa's eyes to potentially who Louis really is, or rather how he plans to pursue a relationship with them, a.k.a. maybe get into some business shenanigans. And I thought that colored a lot of their seeming disinterest and separation and really kind of being tapped out from wanting to move forward with Teresa or saying, we want to move forward with Teresa, but then seeming like they weren't really there. And while I still think this whole pizza oven situation definitely had an impact because when you get into the details of like he was ordering supplies but not telling them and pursuing um, a, a sales strategy that was totally marketed around Teresa but not telling them um, and withholding a lot of stuff that it did seem to me to be a big enough deal to really create a divide. And I think when Louis first joined this universe, there was the hope that he would be a bridge. I think the reveal recently of text messages where he was imploring Joe and Melissa to, you know, come back together and heal with Teresa. He seemed to be acting like someone who wanted to be a bridge. But in watching his behavior over the course of this season, I have really genuinely felt very nervous and sort of anxious about what I thought were inconsistencies in his behavior and what I thought towed the line of emotional manipulation of Teresa. And in the last few episodes, certainly the the episode prior to the um, finale, his sort of rapid escalation of the situation, not taking into account Teresa's obvious Um, apprehension, at least on camera, in having this conversation, not wanting to get into it, and the way that he was trying to ramp things up, and what he was saying, the phrases he was calling, the pejoratives he was using against Joe and Melissa, I thought did not align with the kind of man he had been, I think, performing over the course of several episodes prior. And then we roll into the finale, and I have to tell you, the escalation of the Marge, was it Marge Danielle conflict, the Jen Aiden of it all felt like going from zero to 100. And I didn't entirely understand all of that, except I guess Marge just feels like it's enough, this whole Laura thing, whatever else. But Louis's behavior, it reminded, and also his look, like the look in his eyes, I was thinking to myself, you know what? In times of conflict, when you're really losing your shit, sometimes that's when you really meet the person lurking underneath who maybe had been performing an actor. Maybe Louis is one of many people. And the person that we saw on on the finale is a valid version of who he is, potentially just as valid as the Louis we've seen in the introduction he made to the show. And maybe, you know, Louis supporters could argue that at a certain point, everyone's triggered and, and loses their mind and aren't people um, able to kind of just react and overreact of any franchise to do that when it comes to families. New Jersey would seem to be the one. And I acknowledge that. But I also think that for many of us, 
there has been a sense and an unease about Louis as a person. And that really came across in the finale. And I felt like I was watching him. And I thought about it before I started recording just now. And I thought to myself, you know who he reminds me a little of in this moment? John Medesian at that bra party when he came in looking for a fight. Now, as some of us remember, John Medesian seemed a little altered that night. Was it winter? Could it have been ski season? I couldn't tell you. But there was a sense that he had perhaps turtle-timed in his own special way prior to filming that episode, and maybe that helped escalate some of his behavior. But the behavior existed nonetheless. It felt like he was coming into a scene looking to fight Bethany, and he reached his goal, a fight they had. And I watched Louis' behavior during the finale, and I was like, you know what? I'm getting some Medesian bra party energy here of someone who came in looking for a fight. And he said prior he didn't want Joe to go to the wedding, so that was potentially not a surprise. Um, But what I did find surprising as a New Yorker and, I don't know, someone who has been known to read the New York Post, was the introduction of Bo Deedle. Now... (laughs) Deedle is like one of those faces that I think people who are familiar with New York tabloids, which you really can't get. Um, it's like uh, in the words of Connor Roy, who I cannot stop quoting and written pieces IRL. It's a little bit of a curio where it's like an absolute grain of salt. Often people look to the New York Post truly just for whatever tragic but uh, darkly comic headline they might um, use on occasion. It's always just really trashy and sometimes very funny. But anyway, Bo Deedle is just this guy who I guess ran for mayor recently, got 1%. Again, another thing he almost has in common with Connor Roy. And was a talking head, was fired by Fox. At one point, I was accused of or said himself that he was doing like recon work for Roger Ailes and talking about how Me Too is like not a real thing. Um, Anyway, great guy. So when Louis said he was best friends with Bo, I was like, oh, okay, that sort of tracks a little bit. But Louis seemed to make a pretty big point of name dropping Bo Deedle, a, a name that I think would probably go pretty far in Franklin Lakes as far as name recognition. In saying that Bo had done an investigation of everyone in the cast and wait until, you know, essentially information was um, shared and all of the receipts and things he had. And Teresa said she didn't know what was in the investigation of cast members. Dorinda, uh, sorry, Dorinda, LOL. Dolores said she didn't know either. But it seemed like Louis had a really good idea and inside knowledge of exactly what Bo had shared with him, which is a strange thing to say and to brag about on an episode in which there's fighting over calling Marge someone who keeps an arsenal to say that you've done a full private investigation of every single cast member and seemingly threatening Joe and Melissa with the release of that info is something. That's something to be said. And then I watched Watch What Happens Live, where Louis said that, in fact, 
that was not a real thing that happened, that he hadn't received any information. He was just kind of speaking out of hand. And while I can't necessarily recommend watching that entire Watch What Happens live episode, which was relatively odd in energy, I would recommend watching a clip of that moment because you can see Andy being genuinely perplexed at that response. Like the conversation around why would you spend the kind of money to do an investigation of people while, by the way, Teresa's lawyer is sitting next to Louis. Talk about a plus one. But Louis seems to say, LOL, I was just kind of like saying things because I was upset it wasn't real and trying to laugh it off. I mean, there's the ability to laugh off moments to make light, but it was just so specific. And I wonder what other examples of specificity don't actually exist in a reality outside of Louis's mind. For example, at one point there was the conversation of Melissa not being allegedly in a car, like making out with one person, but being with many people. There was also a conversation around Louis being the one to invite Joe to tell him about these rumors about Melissa to show that Marge wasn't, in fact, a good friend. If it if these rumors had originated because of something that Marge had told other people because maybe Laura told her or that or Marge told Laura and Laura then told other people as an example of why Marge is a bad friend. I understand why Teresa, because listen, she was involved, Teresa and Louis, and I don't even mean that in a necessarily bad way, but like it's not that she it, she was not unaware of what Louis was doing and calling Joe over to their house, please. But all of that being said, I could see the argument of like, well, they're doing this off camera. So isn't that sort of growth from learning from the lessons of, you know, spreading rumors about Evan Goldschneider hooking up with people he met at the gym or whatever and saying that repeatedly on camera, seeming to seemingly to create a narrative of, you know, some way to drive drama and plot. So you could argue that this being off camera um, was a way for them to show that they were serious, potentially, and sincere. But then connecting that with Marge, the reason they're telling Joe is not because they believe the rumor. Teresa said on Watch What Happens Live, she did not, which again conflicts with what Jen Aiden said previously when she shared during this season that Teresa did believe the rumors. So that is another um, discrepancy and contradiction. But if you're saying that the only reason you're sharing this information is to give your family members soon to be a heads up, why wouldn't you have Melissa there? Because if this whole conversation isn't about the actual validity of the rumors, but rather that information and rumors were being spread, wouldn't you want the person whose name is really in the middle here to be a part of that conversation. And if you did believe the rumors, I still don't understand what the purpose of the meeting was when you're including the fact that it has something to do with Marge's reputation or what kind of friend Marge is. 
And then add on top of that, Gia calling Joe and saying something to the extent of like, you could do better. How can a person come out of that thinking anything else but these people do not respect my marriage? Because at a certain point, hasn't Joe, haven't Joe and Melissa had their relationship examined repeatedly under a microscope about, you know, is this true? Is that? Obviously, Joe has made the mis- the decision as Melissa has to stay together. So what are we trying to accomplish? Gia in making that call to me was like the definitive example of what I thought was actually going on, that they believed the rumor and wanted Joe to divorce Melissa. Now, any number of family members can be in relationships that you don't necessarily love. I mean, example number one, Louie and Tree. But I don't know that that gives a family member, let alone a niece, it, it just makes me feel so uncomfortable to think about how hard the push was without involving Melissa. Because if there has been a history of estrangement, what do you think is going to happen when Joe gets home? Do you think that there is a chance that he and Melissa are going to break up? Like, if this is an example of Marge spreading gossip, and Louis also referencing that there's more than one man involved in this, that this is part of a pattern, how does that then connect with Teresa saying that she doesn't believe these things? Like, then what was the point of this? And I just think from a respect perspective and also understanding that there's a real unfortunate history here of crossing boundaries and of accusing Melissa of doing things, that having the conversation off camera is not a bad idea, but not inviting Melissa was. It does throw into the equation the conversation of like, what was the actual point of this? And so Melissa's reaction and Joe's reaction to seemingly laugh it off, I understood. I also thought just the episode was like not great for Teresa and Louie because we've heard so many different versions of this all from their side. Was Melissa being aggressive with Teresa? A hundred percent. Was she trying to bait her? Absolutely. But I understood where that aggression and anger was coming from. And I think for Teresa and Louie, it is it does feel to me a little bit of like pick a lane. What was the point here? Because the reason that you're giving on Watch What Happens for things versus on the show versus using, you know, Jennifer as the microphone, the conduit to share information Teresa didn't want to on camera. I mean, it contradicts itself. It was very odd. I thought, honestly, if I'm being 100 percent honest and this is the place for that. I didn't, I was kind of confused by the finale. Um, It just felt like, I I was very into the beginning of it, to be honest, the like 12 hours later, 12 hours before all that stuff. But I just found myself really confused because it also, while it was clarifying of like, oh, okay, so they knew this six months ago and there was also this private meeting. I'm not sure that holding that information private until the finale was a great idea. Um, But obviously, this is something that they had decided they weren't going to discuss, similar to the pizza oven Michigas. It it just felt a little strange. I'm curious for your thoughts, guys, on how you felt about the finale. 
obviously the reports that we've heard through page six primarily and and others are that spoiler alert the reunion is really tough and there was a report that came out today with page six that production informed the cast that while there were initial plans to pick up cameras and start filming the new season relatively um you know shortly following the reunion that's no longer the plan and there's going to be a break that production isn't quite sure how to move forward. No one's been fired. Uh, and this is all according to page six. So who knows? No decisions have been made and they want the show to be put on pause. Potentially recording, beginning recording, even as late as like the beginning of 2024. Who knows? And I think that's a pretty good idea. I think let things settle a little bit and then see where we are. It's entirely possible that they will be checking temperatures throughout the summer and trying to figure stuff out with how to move forward with the show and also figuring out, okay, if, you know, Teresa and Melissa are fully estranged with no interest or future moving forward, how is the show itself going to move forward with both of them in the cast? It seems like production potentially is trying to figure a way out of this, but I don't know that there is one. That being said, I think it is a very good idea to have a healthy pause and let things like cool down a little bit and settle. Um, I think it's a real, it's a little bit of a to be continued. It's a, a weird place to be at where we sort of know the ending before the reunion has begun. So it feels like to me the tension at the reunion is just in the amount of dirty laundry that's going to be aired, not any obviously LOL healing taking place or anything else. Paris is always a good idea. And when I schlep on over to Europe to my favorite city in the world, I bring with me a few important phrases that I have learned from housewives. C'est bon, c'est bon. Chic c'est la vie. Je m'appelle the Countess. N'est-ce pas, Luanne? <laughs> and while those key phrases are important when speaking to any French bravoholic for other matters of life, that's where Rosetta Stone comes in. Rosetta Stone is the trusted expert for 30 years with millions of users and 25 languages offered, including, of course, French. It features fast language acquisition. It immerses you in so many ways. There's no English translations. So you really learn to speak, to listen, and to think in that language. It's an intuitive process. You pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. J'adore Chris Manzo. Et toi? There's a speech recognition filter, which gives you feedback on your pronunciation. It's convenient with desktop and app options, and it's an amazing value. Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership has all 25 languages for any and all trips and language needs in life. That's lifetime access to all 25 language courses Rosetta Stone offers for 50% off. A steal. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, AGs can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash today. Today.
Shout out to Astapro for sponsoring this episode and providing me with free samples. Astapro is a first-of-its-kind nasal allergy spray. It's the fastest 24-hour over-the-counter allergy spray. It starts working in 30 minutes, while other allergy sprays take hours. Astapro is the first and only 24-hour steroid-free allergy spray. It delivers full prescription strength indoor and outdoor allergy relief from nasal congestion, runny and itchy nose, and sneezing. Living in New York City is not easy. Just ask Sonia, trying to sell that house. There are so many mornings where I wake up and think, oh my gosh, I'm having the worst cold of my life. And I realize it's actually from allergies. When my nasal allergies flare up, and that happens when the season changes and the temps get a little warmer than they normally are, I use Astapro, and I'm amazed at how fast I'm back in the game. And that game is looking for Dorenda on the Upper East Side. Astapro always has my back and nose. Get fast-acting nasal allergy symptom relief with Astapro. Go to astaproallergy.com for a discount so you can Astapro and go today. A-S-T-E-P-R-O allergy.com. Astapro and go. Use as directed for relief of nasal congestion, runny nose, sneezing, and itchy nose due to allergies. In the words of Meredith Marks, when it comes to that week, week and a half before my period, I wish I was disengaging. My PMS is off the charts. Truly Uber Eats needs to check in and say, it's about that time, isn't it? I know it is. The cravings are crazy. I want to crawl out of my skin. Now it's easier to manage PMS with Estro Control. Happy Mammoth, the company that created Hormone Harmony and Estro Control, is dedicated to making women's lives easier. And that means using only science-backed ingredients that have been proven to work for women. They make no compromise when it comes to quality, and it shows. For AGs who are friends of perimenopause, menopause, or postmenopause, Happy Mammoth has Hormone Harmony. It's not just a supplement for women going through those stages. It's also become a phenomenon. Women can't stop talking about it on social media. A bottle of Hormone Harmony is sold every 24 seconds. For a limited time, you can get 15% off your entire first order at happymammoth.com. Just use the code ANDYSGIRLS at checkout. That's happymammoth.com and use the code ANDYSGIRLS for 15% off today. I'm engaging. I just came back from the salon and for the record, I went with a sassy little bob and quiet luxury shade of blonde. Yes, that's literally what we're calling it, quiet luxury. Aside from trips to the salon, I don't actually blow out my hair. My hair is naturally wavy, and that's why I love Way. Way's new anti-frizz cream is a lightweight cream that provides immediate frizz control that lasts for up to 72 hours. I know that I have a limited amount of time <laughs> with wet, wavy hair in which to get myself in order. And that is why I love the anti-frizz cream. It has notes of bergamot, Italian lemon, violet, and more. And it smells unbelievable. Truly, as someone who is a little bit sensitive to scents, I put this in my hair and I feel great. It also genuinely pairs well with my perfume, which I appreciate. 
I don't blow out my hair because after years of color processing and attempting to make it straight, I know it looks better and stays healthier when I avoid blow drying, which is why I love the anti-frizz cream. I've used products, especially with wavy hair, where it feels heavy and looks kind of wet. And that's why I love Waze Anti-Frizz Cream because it enhances the natural waves in my hair. I still look like me, just a little elevated. And P.S. I am way obsessed with Waze other bestsellers. Their leave-in conditioner, detox shampoo, my personal favorite. Frizz free up your schedule with Way. Go to T-H-E- O-U-A-I dot com and enter promo code Andy for 15% off any product. That's T-H-E-O-U-A-I dot com with promo code Andy. Conversations around wellness and weight loss can be complicated. There's the Instagram filter we all see on IG and social media and then IRL. And between $20 smoothies and daily ice baths, everyone is doing the most to hack the health system. But there's a better way. Roe. Roe provides access to the most popular weight loss shots on the market. Over 200,000 people have already chosen Roe to help them lose weight. And you can sign up from the comfort of your own home. No scheduling a doctor's appointment, commute to the doctor's office, and no waiting rooms. The Row Body Program pairs a weekly shot with healthy lifestyle changes, so you can lose 15 to 20% of your weight in a year on average and actually keep it off. Of course, medication must be paired with diet and exercise modifications in order to achieve any stated results. Medication cost is not included in the program. Patients must pay for medication separately. With Roe, average weight loss is 15 to 20% in one year with healthy lifestyle changes. BMI and other eligibility criteria apply. Go to roco slash andysgirls. You can sign up today and you'll pay just $99 for your first month and $145 a month after that. Medication costs are separate. That's ro.co slash andysgirls. Sign up today. And so we'll see. It's like a weird temperature vibe, honestly, in the Bravo universe this week with episodes. I also watched Atlanta and this whole Martell and Kenya situation and how that's affecting her relationship with Sheree. I wonder how heated this is going to get. Also, Candy and Courtney. I can't believe this whole weird fighting stuff is going to continue and yet it is this woman who we literally don't even know being at the center of this kind of fighting and arguing literally this is the second episode of this season and Courtney is right in the center here I don't think that's showing necessarily her power as a friend of I think it's I don't know I think it's just She's a trigger for candy and they kind of annoy each other. And that's where we are. Um, I don't necessarily see a future for her on the cast, I would say. But also we're two episodes in. Who knows? Um, We've got a lot to get to. Also, that scene with Drew and Ralph where she's talking about her father, I thought was so devastating. Seeing the video of her dad who is living with Alzheimer's and the stress that that is bringing to the family is devastating and something that 
many, many, many families have dealt with and are dealing with. It's very complicated and, and just genuinely very sad. And it still, to me, doesn't answer the question of why Ralph wasn't with her. It makes his um, attendance at that party so fucking weird. I can't get over it. It just, I don't think it was necessary for filming. If I was told that production convinced him to film and represent Drew, I would argue it wasn't necessary. While it was a big fancy party, it was the first party of the season. We've had full-time cast members join late before, even, you know, several episodes in potentially. And sometimes that's like contract related, sometimes not. Sometimes life, family stuff happens. It just is so odd to me that there wouldn't be a way for him to be with his wife and support her. Maybe this is just an example of why they are, in fact, in real time getting divorced. But it is just it was just so wild to me. I don't know. I'm not married. Maybe I don't get it. Maybe I don't understand. But it was a little bit of a what the fuck is going on moment. It's perhaps unsurprising when it's a sentence that includes Ralph. But speaking of all things, what the fuck? The VPR finale is upon us and the Bravo universe lost its shit because of a one minute reveal from the finale episode that was shared on, I don't even know where it started, Reddit or something else, and then immediately took over Instagram. And it's a one minute scene of the conversation that Ariana has with some of her friends in the cast where she's talking about what she found out and when. And there are a few different moments that stand out for being new information. But to me, the most obvious one is that while I guess Raquel had, and I would assume Tom Sandoval, had told Ariana that, you know, this started with a kiss, the sim- similar narrative that Sandoval then shared with Howie Mandel after the fact that it was like a kiss the night of um, the like boys hangout, the guys night, um, which is, of course, obviously coinciding with Ariana mourning the loss of her beloved dog and dealing with a lot of grief um, and having a truly terrible time. Um, that that was, in fact, the night that Sandoval and Raquel kissed, except, spoiler alert, Ariana then shares with her absolutely shocked friends, like literally Katie falling on the floor and Sheena just losing her mind in that bucket hat, that in the bucket hat, um, you know, illustration is very important there. It's important that you know that she was wearing a bucket hat, okay? Um, That Ariana shares that, in fact, it wasn't just a kiss, that even though Raquel had told her it was a kiss that night, Tom Sandoval then told her that was the night that he and Raquel actually had sex in a car, I think outside of their house, and then forgot his keys and needed Ariana to open the door. Now, unpacking all of that is a lot. This is something that Ryan Bailey and I got into on his podcast, but it was just so interesting to me, the knowledge that obviously, I mean, it's like, how do you make sense of all of this? Obviously, Sandoval was aware that he told Ariana that information. Obviously, Sandoval was aware that that information would come out. So it was so interesting to me that Sandoval would then choose to go on Howie Mandel's podcast and talk about that 
romantic night where they were looking at the sunset. I don't know how they did that after, you know, fucking in a car. I don't know if the, you know, moon was looking extra gorgeous or whatever at that point. But he had this whole conversation about being on the deck and it was so romantic and whatever. And we kissed and then like, and then dot, 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 and didn't actually say that they slept together. And in fact, seemed to be trying to convince Howie indirectly by not saying like and then at a certain point later we slept together to the extent that Howie then genuinely was confused and thought that this whole scandal was about kissing and not actually a full-blown affair involving sex which I got into on a recent AG with Howie's daughter Jackie who was talking about her feelings in that moment seeing the way that Sandoval was crafting the narrative while she's like literally watching him mid-craft and I just think to myself you know that this is going to come up on the show why not use even devastating moments of truth that are going to be revealed on the show that you admit and try to like add in some defenses and some um, coping and whatever else attached to the truth. Like, why are you trying to still market a lie that you surely are aware you contradicted during the pickup scenes for the finale episode post-Scandival reveal? Like, Making sense of some of Tom Sandoval's decisions, let alone manipulations, is a wild fucking ride, as was Ariana sharing at the tail end of that episode that he essentially immediately started to blame her. This is something that we heard. This is something that Kristen has shared, that other cast members have talked about, the fact that he was actively trying to gaslight Ariana while they were filming pickup scenes. It's also, I would think, an indicator of what Ariana thought of Sandoval at that moment, that even the night she found out and found the photos of Sandoval and Raquel engaging in intimate acts with each other, which I assume Sandoval saved to his phone, like recorded to his phone, which is how Ariana um, discovered the video because it had been saved. The fact that after finding that video, which, spoiler alert, allegedly was also filmed at Schwartz's apartment, which is an odd and confusing and gross additional detail, that after Ariana found out about this affair, while Sandoval is trying to convince her that essentially this is her fault, Sandoval himself being the victim of his own adultery, the, the biggest victim of the Scandivals at some points in his eyes, um, according to what he said, um, that with Ariana knowing this information and kind of reeling in shock, the first thing that she did, even as he was attempting to quickly try to like troubleshoot, pivot, gaslight, manipulate, talk about how he wasn't happy. This shouldn't be a big surprise. We, you know, have been in a difficult spot in our relationship. How could I not X, Y, Z that she was just texting tons and tons and tons of people to be like, Sandoval was stopping Raquel. He's been cheating on me for however many months it's over because she was aware that if he gave if she gave him a single second to breathe, that he would start to manipulate the situation, not just with Ariana, but with her friends. And that took 
enormous like troubleshooting, foresight, strength, courage, but also an awareness of who Tom really was in that situation, which is something that I would be really interested at a later point post Scandival in hearing Ariana talk about before. Like the idea of the lights turning on and realizing this person that you had been in love with, that you devoted nine years of your life to and with having cheated on you in that way with this person, with this dear friend of yours, how that shifts and reframes who this person was in your relationship or has always been. I would be curious for a conversation, hearing a conversation with Ariana or having a conversation with Ariana at some point later. This is not a now kind of talk. I think a lot of healing and just understanding and trying to figure out the complications behind all of these lies, because certainly there's a lot she isn't aware of and doesn't know, a lot that she might not ever about what actually happened and when. But I would be curious for her thoughts of like in that moment, assuming all of this is true, but in that moment when you're texting all of your friends, how did you think to do that so quickly? And was were there moments in your relationship where you thought to yourself, this person does not seem to be behaving in a way that feels truly supportive. Because while other cast members have made a point of talking about, um, I was listening to a, or watching rather an interview Jax just did that was released and his conversation stuff that Sheena has also said. I think that J- um, James Kennedy has said as well, as well of like, listen, this person was always generous. Sandoval was always generous, was always the first one to call. But I realize now that that was all an act. I realize that the person he was portraying himself to be, that there was a vested interest there, which for many of his formerly very close friends, colors the entirety of his personhood. The entirety of who Sandoval is has been revealed with the Scandoval or had been potentially revealed in separate acts prior. And this has just changed the entirety of how they see this person. And I would be curious for Ariana's thoughts on that, like how the Scandoval quite obviously and literally ended their relationship. But if there was ever a moment where she felt in her heart that like something was slightly off, that maybe the reasons he was behaving in a way were to benefit himself, even if it felt like they were benefiting other people. And also as a sort of tension-y, you know, um, follow-up question to that, is it possible that he, are we taking away the goodness and the good of potentially positive acts that he did because we're questioning his intentions of literally everything. Is it, is it possible that in addition to being a piece of shit and whatever else and any number of words and spiritual diagnoses that people are saying that there was also good here? Or is, are we on the page that everything was at some point soiled because of this scandal and this repeated long-term act? Um, and that's not a that's not an answer that anybody necessarily has. Obviously, we're hearing from members of the cast who feel very strongly that all of this was a part of the Sandoval mirage. And I genuinely don't have an opinion in, in any of that. I'm just kind of curious about Ariana's take, um, because obviously some of his formerly very, very close friends have a pretty 
clear understanding of who they believe Sandoval is now, I'd be curious for when that began. I mean, you could argue the Sandoval is more than enough, right, to change a person's mind. If we talk about normalized changing your mind based on new information, what do you do when your friend is Tom? I mean, that is a whole lot to reckon with. Um, and so I'm curious for what's going to happen with this finale. I cannot stop thinking about it. I have some thoughts and feels that surely I will be discussing at Thursday night's Andy's Girls <laughs> Live of Scandal Spritz. But I did think to myself, you know what? I feel like we're all kind of a little bit stressed. <laughs> There's a there's a fair amount of tension and, and excitement and um, possible nerves about what it is that we are going to watch together live as a community. And so I thought to myself, what could help us in this moment? And I thought the answer might be a meditation, a sound bath with phrases as the sounds about the Scandaval and Vanderpump rules. So this is going to be a, a, a lovely, very serious exercise that we can kind of practice together to give us the strength, the emotional fortitude, the security, the sense, the awareness of all of our senses, which is a very important part of sound baths, which sidebar, I, I genuinely love a sound bath. I highly encourage that if you have the chance to go to an incredible meditation or a sound bath, you absolutely do. There are far reaching benefits to any kind of meditation. But this is the Andes Girls <laughs> version of that. Just as important, just as clarifying, just as healthy for your body and mind. So let's have this meditation on the Scandaval and Scandaval and Vanderpump rules begin. So I want you guys to take a second wherever you are. If you have a job, first off, braggy, take a moment, tell your coworker you need a 10, which is in my former life in retail when I would say I need a 10, it's a 10 minute break, which for me was always, look at the clock, 25. But anyway, take a moment listening to this episode and close your eyes. Take in all of your surroundings. Are you at Pump, Villa Blanca, Sir, also known as Sexy Unique Restaurant, Restaurant and Lounge, or is it Bar, Bar and Lounge, etc.? Take in the sounds, DJ James Kennedy dancing on a table. And take a moment to reflect, ground yourself in your body, shift your weight back and forth, the tension, of what it is that we are going to watch and continue closing your eyes, breathe in through your nose, count of three, one, two, three, breathing. I think it's actually technically supposed to be five, so maybe add on two to that, one, two, three, four, five. Hold for five, one, two, three, four, five. Breathe out through your mouth, one, two, three, four, five, breathe out. And taking in your surroundings, any number of bars, I guess technically you could choose Schwartz and Sandy's if that is the journey you would like to go on in your life. You know, no um, no argument from me. I would think that Greg would be very appreciative for you making that choice. If you'd like to try to feel the urge to remove any kind of anxious energy from your body, this is really an ability to self-soothe. 
And if you're able to, again, get into position, potentially a downward dog, which we will rename in Sandoval's honor, a low down dirty dog. And I'm going to share some VPR and Scandaval language, moments, memories that we can think of and smile. Keeping your eyes closed, very important. If you're listening to this while walking or driving a car, pull over, stop walking. If you're in New York City, continue walking. We do not like when you slow down. Okay, let's begin. Listening to some spa music in the background. Jiggy. Good as gold. Send it to Daryl. My cards, uh. I regret ever loving you. Poo poo heads. Both of you. Poo poo heads. Schwartz and Sandoval confusing their timelines at the reunion, and Lala dragging them. Ariana is the number one guy in this group. Kristen sweats and flip-flops. Lala, Sheena, and Ariana's SpawnCon for Uber Eats. The 2023 full cast panel of VPR at BravoCon. Sandoval on tour, singing Queen. Howie Mandel, not knowing what a Sheena is. Rewatching season six on Peacock, which is my current journey. The sandwich packaging at something about her. A worm with a mustache. Knowing that Sandoval will never get the money back he spent on Richella. Terry Maloney. Ariana and Katie getting their groove back. Pumptini. Allie is an ally. I don't know what I've done to you, but I'll take a Pinot Grigio. Raquel needing to buy her own $800 allegedly gold lightning bolt. Shishu. The first time you heard the phrase Scandaval. Ariana as the star and solo guest on Watch What Happens Tonight. When friends, family, and colleagues lean on you to help them understand what the fuck is going on. And of course, finally, Andy's Girls Live, a Scandaval Spritz. Take a moment, reflect on your surroundings. Maybe you've gone from Villa Blanca to Tom Tom because you know they only own 5%. And again, if you're in Villa Blanca, what a thrill for you since it has in fact permanently closed, but it lives on in our mind. And that is truly important as we envision a positive, healthy way <laughs> to unpack the finale tonight. I want you to open your eyes, look around, think to yourself, oh my goodness, what a world, what a journey we have gone on together. And while there surely are some phrases I've forgotten, the ones that I said I think we should in fact hold dear, 
like in Inception, where the totem um, that Leo DiCaprio or whatever had to hold on to for stuff and whatnot. I absolutely understood that movie. I think the totem that we should hold on to is Andy saying, my cards, and also poo-poo heads. Both of those are very meaningful for me. And on that note, guys, I wish you well on your journey. If you are watching the Vanderpump Rules finale, or if you'd rather watch the Vanderpump Rules finale, or if instead of that, you choose to watch the Vanderpump Rules finale, regardless of where you are, potentially watching me lose my absolute fucking mind on Instagram stories, maybe even hopping on a live. I wish all of us well through what is more than likely going to be a frustrating, chaotic night. And on that note, thanks for your patience for this mini episode that is truly essentially the length of any number of AG classics. Um, If you're not a member of the Andy's Girls Patreon, what is holding you back? There's an all new episode up now with many of your satchels of gold. Satchels of gold meaning your thoughts and feels, questions and concerns named in honor of Her Holiness Kelly Cloran Ben Simone. And also my thoughts and reactions to the New York reboot trailer. While I did not do a live reaction for Patreon because I have to tell you I needed to watch it immediately. I I could not delay Um, I do have some follow-ups that I want to get to, as well as a conversation around some odd news about Salt Lake. All that and more at the Andy Scrolls Patreon, number one way to support the pod, patreon.com slash andyscrolls. Follow me on social at Dame Galley. And of course, as mentioned, Andy Scrolls Live, a Scandaball Spritz, an event that you can join here in New York City or from your fabulous home there at your own personal people's people's couch it will be this thursday may 18th at 7 p.m eastern time 20 dollars tickets in person or online you can get them now at the link in the show notes for this episode and also i'll say it out loud because there's so much fun in that the green room 42.venuetix.com i will be joined by dylan hafer and there's nothing i love more in the world than meeting ag's fellow Hello, Bravoholics IRL. So I'm so excited for us to talk this out. And also, I do hope to share some of your satchels of gold. So if you have a supersized satchel as you are watching the VPR finale for this Scandaval Spritz, slide into my DMs on Instagram at Dame Galley or send me a thesis. Email me at andysgirlsshow at gmail.com and you may, in fact, potentially hear your satchel featured at Andy's Girls Live. And thanks to everyone who has bought tickets. I'm so appreciative. And if you haven't, what's holding you back? Number one way to support the pod. You also get to see some content creators in the audience. So I'm very excited to see. And it's going to be a lot of fun. And how many opportunities do you have, aside from BravoCon, which is a couple dollars, to be together in the room where it happens or at your computer screen as we really deep dive and mention it all? I'm so excited. And on that note, I hope you enjoyed your sound bath. Not technically a sound bath, but there were sounds involved, and that matters. Um, thoughts on Atlanta, New Jersey. I would love to hear your feedback and reactions. Let me know on social, email me, 
DM me on Patreon and more. I am very excited for the live show on Thursday, watching the VPR finale tonight and continuing the conversation on AG. All right, guys, thanks so much for listening. And hopefully I see you Thursday night. And in the meantime, I will talk to you soon. Bye-bye.